Okay. So today is episode 10, actually. I think I've got my numbers. Who knows what kind of order they're in. But today we're going to talk about RSV. And I thought it was really kind of timely because I know that with the COVID and the flu and the RSV, they're kind of running amok and causing a lot of stress for a lot of parents. So this is just a good to know, need to know if you have a little one or other children. So RSV is also known as respiratory syncytial, and it's a respiratory virus, and it usually causes mild or cold-like symptoms for most people, and it takes about a week or two to recover. Symptoms for RSV don't actually start until the person has already been exposed or has acquired it, and that can be anywhere between three to eight days into the infection. So just keep that in mind that People can have RSV and not know that they have it. Some of the common symptoms that are seen, runny nose, a decrease in appetite or really not wanting to breastfeed or not eating as much formula, a cough, either dry or wet sounding, congestion, fussiness, sneezing, Fever, and when I say fever, I usually mean 100.4 or greater, and I'm going to give you some other values coming up, and then wheezing. So I wanted to do a little research about RSV to find out how serious is it and what needs to happen if your baby has RSV. But it's important to know that almost all children will have RSV at least once before their second birthday. So what I'm saying is this is fairly common. The United States sees between 58,000 and 80,000 under the age of five who are hospitalized due to RSV. So I'm not telling you this to scare you. I just want you to be aware. And then I found one statistic that stated about one to 2% of all babies under the age of six months that have RSV are hospitalized. So it's not a really huge number, but if you're the parent for that baby, that definitely does impact you. So who's greatest at risk for RSV? Newborns under the age of six months because they just don't have that immunity. Children that have a chronic lung disease or congenital, meaning they were born with it, heart disease, premature babies, or low birth weight babies. And these things are things you would know after the birth of your baby or that your pediatrician or obstetrician would have gone over with you. If someone smoked when they were pregnant, Secondhand smoke also increases the risk. So anyone that's around them that smokes, not breastfeeding, which I don't say that to make those that don't breastfeed feel bad. Okay. Cause I totally get it. I breastfed and bottle fed all of my children. Breastfeeding just did not work out for me, but it does help because of the antibodies and what breast milk can provide having siblings, because obviously they are going to bring home all of the fun germs from outside those that have a weakened immune system for any reason, and those with neuromuscular disorders that cause difficulty with swallowing or clearing mucus. So that's the list of who's greatest at risk. It does not mean that other people will not get RSV. Early symptoms you want to watch out for, decrease in appetite, a runny nose, which is really hard when it's wintertime or the changing of seasons or allergies. Like, I don't know about you guys, but here in Texas, We have one day that's 81 degrees and the next day it's 40 and drizzly. So we kind of all have this sniffly nose because of it. So that's really hard to know. Is that something important or is it just the season coughing and like a wheezing cough and it can become wet or be more forceful? 
In newborns, they're more irritable. They have a decreased appetite, decreased in activity. Like they just don't want to move around as much. So they kind of are lethargic and just there. And it's different from the norm. And ladies, you know your newborn best, right? You're the expert on your baby. So if they're acting out of character, then you take note of it and let someone know, ask the pediatrician, ask your care provider about it. RSV causes kind of a cold, but it can progress to pneumonia or bronchiolitis, which is like a lower lung infection. Those babies or children have fast breathing, nasal flaring. So nares are the little holes for your nose and they start flaring those out when they're breathing because they're trying to work harder to breathe and then grunting with breathing. And some of you actually maybe have had newborns grunt right after birth because they're just learning how to breathe on their own. They've never done it right after birth, but grunting kind of sounds, and it's an odd sound, but it's because they're trying to work so hard to breathe. If they do a lot of belly breathing where suddenly their abdomen is going up with the breaths, retractions. Retractions are if you take off their shirt and look, does the skin suck in anywhere on their chest when they're breathing? Those are retractions. And then again, wheezing. So how does it spread? Well, it's a virus. So like a cold from one person to another. So from saliva, like kissing, or when we're snuggling with our baby, sneezing, coughing, touching objects that have droplets on them. I mean, remember a virus cannot be seen. So that's why we want to make sure we're cleaning things. So ways to prevent RSV or the, you know, what you can do and don't beat yourself up if your child or you still gets RSV. I mean, it's, it's, what I told you, the statistics, almost every child is going to have it before they turn two. It's just whether or not it becomes more serious. So washing your hands a lot, teaching your other children, their siblings, how to wash their hands, keeping your hands away from your face. That's really a hard one. But I think a lot of us, you know, during COVID and stuff kind of maybe realized I touch my face a lot, cover cough and sneezes. And again, that can be really hard with little ones staying home when sick and keeping baby home from daycare or mother's day out if they're sick. And I know that's hard ladies, especially if you have to work outside the home, cleaning the house and disinfecting and disinfecting things to help kill germs. I also want to add that this is another reason not to expose your newborn to a ton of people right after birth. Like things is like a things such as like a big family gathering or church or letting a bunch of people hold the baby. I get it. Everyone's excited about the baby. However, they do not have the same immune system. And remember, I told you that people can have RSV in their system without having symptoms for three to eight days. So they can say, well, I feel fine. Great. But they might be able to give you RSV or give the baby RSV. And while someone might be giving you a break by holding the newborn, that's great. But you don't know when they wash their hands less or how well they did it. Because let's be honest, not many of us wash our hands for long enough or well enough that we should do to decrease germs on the hand. And it is okay to say no to people holding the baby, especially when they're very young or during high seasons for flu or RSV. You guys, you absolutely have a right to tell even family and friends your rules for handling or holding their ch- your child. If people give you a hard time about it, they can you can ignore them 
You can educate him or just let him know, hey, look, these are the rules to help protect my baby. I have felt myself and have heard other moms say the same thing. So it's when the baby's inside of your uterus, you know what you're doing to protect him, right? And you know you can feel a little more in control of keeping him safe. Once they're born, that's when you realize, oh my gosh, it was way easier to protect them when I was pregnant than once they were outside. But children are resilient and you don't want to go so far as to never let your kid eat dirt. Trust me, they will and let them eat dirt. They need to be exposed to things out there. But newborns do not have a strong immune system and children that don't have a strong response can't really handle certain infections well. So what do you need to do if your baby gets RSV or has symptoms? First, call your pediatrician or provider and let them know the symptoms. They may want to test for RSV because yes, there actually is a test. It's a nasal swab. And I know some of you did little eye twitch, right? Like it's not the brain touching COVID test, but my youngest had the test. It was quick. She fussed for a second and then they were done. The tests are really most accurate in the first couple of days of symptoms. So don't wait until they've had these symptoms for days and days. They also can perform a chest x-ray and check what we call oxygen saturation, which tells you how much oxygen oxygen is within the baby's system. And they just wrap a little sensor around their foot or hand, or if the child's a little bit older, a probe on their finger like we do as an adult, like when you see them in the hospital. Often, it's going to be just management of symptoms. So this can include making sure they're hydrated. Remember, we don't want to give juice to a child under the age of one and water only after about six months, but really they need to be doing breast milk and formula. Pedialyte, you can ask the pediatrician about that. That is something that is to help hydrate babies or children. Also, alternating acetaminophen or ibuprofen in babies older than six months to help reduce their fever. And the amount is very specific and depends on their weight. So the pediatrician will tell you when you go for a visit, this is how much baby weighed today. And this is how much you can give. Never give your baby aspirin ever, ever. This can cause Ray syndrome, which can cause swelling of the liver and brain. So you're going to use acetaminophen or ibuprofen and don't give them cold medicines or cough medicines if they're not approved for the appropriate age. And most things, even for children or toddlers, you can't give until they're at least six months or a year. So make sure and read specifically, what does it say? Or ask the pediatrician. Other things, if they have a fever, you can help cool them down by putting them in a bath of lukewarm water. I know that sounds counterintuitive. Don't put them in cold water, lukewarm water, or making sure they have a light layer of clothing. So taking off bulky things, kind of like if you get hot, you start taking off some layers to see if that can kind of cool the body down. Put a humidifier in their room or where they sleep. That helps moisten the air and makes it easier for them to breathe. And honestly, we have that in our daughter's room and it goes on every single night, right? Um, Saline for babies up their nose. Again, check with the pediatrician. You can't do this for newborn newborns, but as they get older and it helps thin the mucus and then you can help suction it out. So you're helping them to kind of clear that airway. So if you have any of these symptoms, then you need to go right to the ER with your little one. If they have fewer than the six to eight wets a day, that can be a sign of dehydration. Fast breathing, or they look like they're really struggling to breathe, that's a problem. If they're three months old or younger, if they have a 100.4 temp or higher, 
three months and older, 102 temp that doesn't stop with treatment at home. If any of their skin is turning bluish, bluish purplish. So I'm talking fingers, lips, their gums, any of that you need to be looking for if they're not responsive to you. So I talked about earlier, like if they are really tired or fatigued and just don't participate in things, this is worse than that. Okay. This is a step beyond that. Coughing for more than four days can be a problem as well. So I'm going to link a couple of things for you in the show notes, just so you have access to some information from a couple organizations and the CDC. But I just want to let you know too, that if your child goes to mother's day out or goes to daycare, they're going to get sick and that's okay. It's helping to build their immune system and whatever they have, they're going to bring home to you and siblings. So even if you decide I'm not going to do daycare or Mother's Day out or do any of that because you want to make sure to not have them exposed to a lot. When they start school, preschool, kindergarten, whatever, and they're exposed to a bunch of kids that have things, but you know they've never been exposed to them before, they're going to get sick. So it's whenever you introduce them to other children that this happens, but it's okay. Their body learns how to respond. It's just when it gets worse or they maybe are at one of these high-risk populations that we need to really watch for it. And hopefully at some point they come up with a medication or a vaccine or something for RSV because we have the test now, but going a step further would be great. Okay, guys, I hope you have a great rest of your day and make sure and like and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review for us. And then make sure and share with friends and family or anyone else you know that might be interested in things about pregnancy, postpartum, or care for a newborn. I would love to answer any questions. So reach out babyblisspodcast at gmail.com and I will make sure and add it to my list of things to talk about. Have a great rest of the day, guys. Bye.